Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm very proud that we're in our 22nd year on Voice America, and This program is the program that really shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. And today is no exception. Today, we are talking about big business. We're talking about finding the soul of big business. Um, You know, how do we really work with our team members and our employees to get the best from them? And in today's climate, And my guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Companies, which manufactures oven-ready products for customers in the quick service and casual restaurant industry and private label label products for retail in more than 17 countries. And one of them, one of her big clients is McDonald's. So a lot of the apple pies and desserts or pizzas that you will have, um, Paula's company has made. As CEO, Paula provides strategic leadership and direction to the entire organization, and her vision stands as a beacon for the Bama team members. And the mission is people helping people be successful. Paula is the author of five books, including Finding the Soul of Big Business. And we're talking about um, balancing work and life. We're also talking about how do we succeed with our customers and our clients in business. Welcome, Paula. Thank you, Patricia. It's good to see you again. It's always great to have you on. So tell us, first of all, what's kind of new at your company in terms of what's going on with your employees, your team members? What's new? What's different? Well, I like to talk a lot about the post-COVID world uh, because, honestly, uh, things have not been the same since we've gone through this thing called covid And we still have what I call COVID overhang, which means we don't have enough team members to do the work. Uh, Things are still really expensive. And um, our projects are slow. It takes a long time to get our projects done, uh, which means that we can't improve our efficiencies as fast as we would like because it takes too long to get the materials and the parts and you know, every project we do has been postponed, you know, three, four, five, six months. And that that takes a toll on the organization, you know, at, at a certain point. But it's um, it's there's a lot more issues that people are dealing with now than than they were before COVID. So what do I mean by that? Um, we're seeing, you know, an increase in absenteeism. A lot more people coming in to talk to our lawyers and our counselors, Uh, a lot of people struggling with debt, a lot of people struggling with uh, drugs, alcohol, um, stress, uh, any one of a number of things that are on people's minds these days. Uh, We've actually had a few incidents, unfortunately. I know we're doing a positive radio show, but I think there will be some positives that will come out of these types of situations. But we've had a couple of uh, on-site violent workplace issues that we've had to deal with. And I just see the, the impact of people living through this, you know, this terrible lockdown that we were in that, um, their family is still still suffering and people are still having a lot of anxiety and fear, you know, about just living life. And I just want to comment on that because I do corporate webinars every day and I do them for big companies, companies like yours. And this is a this is a recurrent problem. Mm-hmm. Doing more webinars on these topics, mental health awareness, um, suicide prevention, substance mm-hmm. abuse awareness. We're also doing um, sexual harassment, um, anything that has to do with also just just awareness, conflict resolution. How do you resolve conflicts? But mm-hmm. there's a tremendous amount of anxiety, and I think it it is left over from COVID. 
And so what people are trying to do is, well, at least what we're trying to do in the webinars is say to people, talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Don't hold them in. Don't run home and, and sit with it. We've got to be able to talk about it. And I think your company is very strong in that area, Paula, because you know how mm-hmm. to get to open up and talk about things. Mm-hmm. So are you, what are the kinds of things you're doing in terms of people sharing their issues? Mm-hmm. Well, we're very aggressively in our plants uh, with our team members uh, talking about our services, our counseling services, our legal services, our support services that we offer. We're, we're seeing more people than we ever have uh, at our uh, free legal counsel, our, um, you know, our just our in-house, uh, you know, counselors, guidance counselors, et cetera. So I think that the uh, amount of, you know, help that's needed, I just think about companies in corporate America who doesn't offer Mm -hmm. these kinds of things and what they must be dealing with in terms of people don't have the wherewithal to deal with the issues. So they just get up and quit. So you see, you know, a lot of businesses being shackled by turnover or union strikes, or all these things that are going on right now are a big result of companies not talking to their people and not being sensitive to some of the issues that are out there. And if you don't talk about it and take care of it, it's going to bite you in the butt. And that's that's kind of what it's doing. What What are you doing, Paula, that's working like during this time? What's helping Mm-hmm. Well, our turnover is is around our organization is 2%. So we're really doing something right. And uh, we're working with people when they have trauma. We're working to get them, you know, help. And then we're also working to get them back at work, stay at work, keep working, because it doesn't help to quit your job and not have an income. And it doesn't help to quit your job and not have benefits for your family. So we try to encourage people to keep coming, you know, just keep coming. However you need to get here, we'll, you know, we'll arrange to have some fellow teammates pick you up and we'll arrange some transportation if you need it. But, you know, you're, we're your friends here. We're your help. We're your family. And, and I think that's helped a whole lot for people in the workplace to feel that they have a place to go when things are getting kind of, kind of terrible. You also, I know, have a a center where people can exercise and Mm -hmm. is that helping too? Are people using those facilities more? I wish I could say they were, but not not as much as we would like. We still offer 24-hour team member cards to go in and out. We have, you know, uh, we have exercise rooms at all of our gyms and all of our facilities. Um, some are bigger than others, but, uh, you know, we, we just, we offer online training. We offer the little, uh, you know, videos, 10 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute videos for stretching or yoga or different things. So you don't even have to go to the workout center. If you don't want to, you can do them at home or, you know, you can do them, you know, at a family member's house or somewhere else. But we try to encourage people to use their uh, training videos and things that are online that are free um, and go to the health centers when they can. And, you know, and I want to say, I mean, having worked with your company for a long time and interviewed you for a long time, you're one of the companies that's one of the best in terms of really surrounding yourself with your people and helping your people and showing them that they are your clients too. Mm-hmm. Right. Customers. I mean, and so, you know, if you're having issues, you know, that's a barometer that the whole country's having issues. And I see that mm-hmm. when I, when I'm doing uh, webinars. But I think, too, there's another issue here, and it's trust. Mm-hmm. I think we have to build in the trust. And you do that a lot in your company, you know, in showing your team members that you value them. But I think mm-hmm. that's a problem. When people feel, I mean, I see it. People mm-hmm. don't answer them. They write to them. They're in a vacuum. You can't get an appointment. It's almost as though you're not important. And I right. think it's it's not a hard thing. It's right thing, but it's how do you make that person feel that they're important? Well, I think unfortunately, what's happened to a lot of businesses in in this country is they've either been bought out by 
what I call private equity or money guys or whatever you want to call it. And they're, they are not, I just, I try to have empathy for those guys because I see it in my finance team that, you know, there's, they struggle with empathy and things like that because they just don't learn it in school and they're not ever taught or pushed into any kind of human relations or any kind of, uh, you know, classes or teaching or any kind of thing like that. So our guys struggle a bit, you know, to be empathetic and good listeners and get back to their team members and treat their team members right and take, take their team members to lunch once a month and just get them, you know, get a big group together and do something fun. Uh, you know, we try to encourage stuff like that. And that those guys that buy, companies in America these days that are only interested in pressing down the, you know, the flock to get more juice out of the grapes or whatever you want to call it um, without putting any connection to, to people into that becomes a financial exercise and people do not do not do well. Human beings do not do well in financial exercises. They're not, they're not, pieces of widgets and you know little pieces of legos that you can click together and then all of a sudden it makes a a person i mean people are made up of real molecules and real um energetic fields and a heart and a soul and things that need to be you know, we're part of, you know, for millions of years, we've been walking the earth and talking about being communities and mm-hmm. safeties in the community. And there, you know, that's how you oh, keep. I, I have to tell you this as you're talking. Them, you know? <laughs> I, ha- I have to share this with you and because it'll bring us to the next segment about food and what we're eating. Mm-hmm. But there's a wonderful series. It's on Netflix and it's it's called Blue Zones. Mm-hmm. And- I love it. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. And he's and Dan Butner's incredible. He's a natural geographic explorer who's traveled mm-hmm. all over the world to five places on the planet to find the people who were centenarians, lived the longest. And it's amazing what mm-hmm. he found. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things is they have community forever. Right. And and they exercise, but not like we do. They go, don't go to the gym. They're constantly active and they live in high altitudes and they're chopping wood when they're 80 and they're riding horses when they're 90. And they have people around them and they eat more of a plant-based diet, which I'll talk to to you about that later Mm -hmm. as we move along. But it's amazing how a big piece of this is the community that they have. They laugh. They don't worry. I mean, yes, they're living on islands. They're living in a more simple community. But you see the difference um, Mm -hmm. in longevity because Mm -hmm. they don't have these same issues. Right. Well, there's no question that the the way we live our lives, and most people, especially if you're in a corporate America environment, and I call it the hamster wheel, if you're on the hamster wheel, um, I know because I get team members all the time from corporate America who want to get off the hamster wheel and they don't like being on it and they don't want to go on it again. So they come to work for a company like mine and they're like, wow, I mean, this really is living the dream, but they can't stay in those environments forever. And so what you see in corporate America with with the money people running things, you see high turnover rates, you see people getting sick more often, you see very high insurance bills and surgeries and operations and all kinds of, you know, high blood pressures and obesity. And I believe that all of those things stem from basically being unhappy in your soul. Your soul isn't being fed. You don't feel loved. You don't feel cared for. And so you you kind of just have all this negative energy that sits inside you and just feeds off of, you know, your gluttony or your cigarettes or your alcohol or your, you know, your drugs or whatever. And those are the things that kill us. You know, those are the things that will kill us and make us have shorter lives. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if we could take time to make business and you know this Patricia you and I've known each other for a long time I've written written books about this how business should be you know more love and not so much ego Um, 
you know, I used to be like one person standing on a hill, you know, and now there's a few of us that kind of stand on these hills. Um, and the Blue Zone guy is one of those. He's a guy who he knows what he's talking about because he's done his research. But you try to get corporate America to put that vision of the Blue Zone and those characteristics and those qualities into a company and they start laughing. They think it's ridiculous and stupid. Mm. Well, I think that's changing, Paula, but it's changing slowly. Very slow. Yeah. One of the <laughs> things Dan Butner is doing is he's trying to go into areas of this country and create blue zones in towns, right? So not so much business, but in towns. So right. I think that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. If right. the guys see that their productivity is going to be better by doing this, even if they don't like it, they'll do mm -hmm. it. And so sometimes we just have to show them the, the proof. But we're right. going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the trends in fast food and in food industry, which is okay. more toward the plant-based diet. So gotcha. we'll talk about that um, right after the break with Paula A. Marshall, CEO of Bama Companies. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Feng Shui Way to Peace, Balance, and Abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day -day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Way to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, We press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burroughs and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. Because everyone can make money in real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to the Patricia Rathbun Positive Living Show. My guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's the CEO of Bama Companies, which manufactures oven-ready products for customers in the quick service and casual restaurant industry. And she makes private label products for retail in more than 17 countries. One of their major clients is McDonald's, Walmart, Pizza Hut, and it's pretty amazing. And, and they have been a client of McDonald's for many, many years so this talks about loyalty and customer service and meeting needs. And Paula provides strategic leadership. And the, the mission of Bama is people helping people be successful. I, my favorite book that she's written is called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business, which we've been talking about. Oh. So 
Welcome back, Paula. So Thank you. I was just reading some trends here. I was reading like what's going on right now in the food industry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said is that one of the big trends, I was just looking up this, um, you know, what is going to be, um, okay, what's the biggest food, next food trend for 2024? Under the banner of plant-based, new work, green taste, vegan, vegetarian, flexitarian, a bland, bland plant plant-based diet is on the rise. Now, and you make a lot of the, the apple pies and you make the bread products. You're not making meat-based products or plant. You're making plant-based products, but talk about this and what you see from where you set, because, you know, a place like McDonald's, meat is one of their major staples. Mm-hmm. Well, McDonald's has tried veggie burgers. They they tried to put the, uh, the new burger, the new uh, non-meat burgers in. Um, you know, what we're dealing with in my industry right now, Patricia, is again, post-COVID, people are now starting to really start having trouble with their finances. And so for the first time in a very long time since COVID, we're starting to see people go back to grocery stores, uh, go away from QSR. And that's why we have kind of a split in our business where we have about 30% of our business that's private label in the retail business. And and right now they're seeing a huge rise of consumers visiting grocery stores again and not buying, not door dashing, not, you know, yeah. because it's $6 every time you door dash something, you know, or seven. So it raises the ticket price. And it's like, people are like, no, I can't afford that to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So those, those types of uh, the ty- the delivery businesses are getting a little bit hurt right now. And the, the things that we're seeing are people are looking for value. They're looking for things that are of value. And typically what you see when you go into a grocery stores or with us or anything is the gluten-free products, the, the, the um, plant-based products, those types of products are not mass marketed yet. So we still don't have the availability of the, the, the types of different types of flour, the different types of vegan uh, you know, ingredients that we would need to make things in, you know, mass quantities. And we haven't mastered the tastes of all these things yet. Yes. Now you can go into a white tablecloth restaurant and with a five-star chef and you can have a pretty nice vegan plant-based meal. But when you're, you know, you're trying to feed your family with six kids and you've got, you know, a job working construction all day and your wife's a school teacher, you're probably not, that's probably not your top of mind, you know, because you're trying to feed the kids and get them full and send them to bed and get their schoolwork done. And you're just, you know, everything in your mind is just, ah, you know, so we're not seeing it. We're not seeing the proliferation of the plant-based foods like you would have thought you know, that there would be. And people have had plant-based foods on the fastest growing list for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we aren't still making a dent in the mass market of it. So I think you see the trendier stores like Trader Joe's and different places, and they'll always cater. Whole Foods will always have those products. But what you have to be careful of is if you read the label, you'll see that they have mixed together grain bases and plant bases. So you're really not getting a true, you know, when somebody says vegan, I'm telling you, there is so many regulations around vegan. You're not going to get that at Subway. You're not going to get that at, you know, any pretty much any place where you would go out to eat unless it's a five-star, like I said, chef that is producing vegan foods in the back of the house on a very small batch basis. Are, are you seeing, like, at, at, for example, McDonald's, we'll use them, mm-hmm. are are they selling less burgers or more burgers or the same in terms of the meat? They're selling twice as many burgers as they really? are. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you. And it chicken, is looking- <laughs> chicken, too. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of crazy Chick-fil-A is the fastest growing QSR right now. And yes, you, you can go and you can say, well, it's all chicken, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to eat chicken. Chick-fil-A is buying their chicken just like everyone else is. They're buying real chickens. They're slaughtering them. They're bringing them to the stores. They're, they're uh, refrigerating 
they're not freezing their chicken meat and they're chopping and cutting it up and frying it, deep frying it in the back of the restaurant, just like, you know, McDonald's is, but they're doing it off site. So, you know, all, all the amount of volume of what 25 million customers who go out to eat every day is just so enormous that it's hard for the plant-based folks to make a real dent in things. And so I think it still falls within these socioeconomic barriers mm-hmm. for people to be able to eat like that every day um, is still very expensive to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, meat, meat isn't cheap either. No, and no. When you go into restaurants, I mean, the prices are, are very high. Oh, so, yeah. Extremely yeah. high. Right. But in terms of what do you see... Paula, in like the next four or five years, do you think in the in, in your industry, in the fast mm-hmm. food industry, do you think you'll be making apple pies? Will you be making pizza? Will you be will you be branching out and doing other things? Because I know you've been making other things. Mm-hmm. It's- right. mm-hmm. Well, you know, we look at businesses all the time. We evaluate companies that, you know, come on the market that didn't make it financially that are going up for sale or, or, or something like that. And usually there's a problem with their customer base, their market share. You know, they were they were trying to do a, a lot of things that weren't cost effective and they fell short of meeting what the consumer was wanting. So Starbucks is still, you know, the number one in terms of coffee shops is still by far the most popular with the wealthier people the the the, the typical consumer of Starbucks makes over $75,000 a year as typical female and that's just the Starbucks consumer so when people go in there they can pretty much afford to eat any of that food but the problem is the Starbucks food isn't vegan it isn't any better than going to McDonald's. It's all processed. It's still animal protein or, you know, it's made with real eggs or something that, you know, a person who's vegan can't really eat. So you'll have a, you'll be hard pressed to find something to eat if you're vegan going into uh, Starbucks. Now you can eat eggs. You can eat, you know, if you're okay eating eggs or you're okay to eating cheese or some of those other things you can eat, you know, there's several things in there you can eat, but their food is very, very, very processed, way more processed than McDonald's because they're making things in a canteen somewhere, uh, pre pre portioning it, putting it in little portions, putting it in a freezer, bringing it out, you know, four weeks later, that type of thing. So I still say that people want fresh food that tastes good. You know, that is, is it good for me? Maybe not as good for me as it should be. But if I eat one or two or three of these a week, is it going to be a heart attack waiting to happen? No. And now I, I caveat that with, you have to lead a more active lifestyle rather than just be a sedentary person sitting in your recliner, you know, for 20 hours a day. That is never going to work. It's not going to work. The human body does not like that. It does not enjoy that. And it's going to get sick, you know, when that's your, if that's your lifestyle. So you've got to find an activity that you like to do, that you like to walk or you like to, run or you like to ride a bike or you like to, you know, do something, you know, put a video on and march in place, you know, with somebody that's on a video. It doesn't take that much. And I know a lot of people live in dangerous neighborhoods and it's really not safe for them to get out. You can bring exercise programs straight into your TV. You just have to be willing to do it. And, and, you know, Paula, as, as I think we've said, it's a holistic piece. It's not just about mm-hmm. the, food, the exercise. You know, if you're living with very difficult people or you have, you know, trauma in your life, that can negate some of the good things you're doing. I mean, you certainly, certainly need to look at all of it, right, and mm-hmm. try to balance. But um, That's right. Stress is a big cause of our I, I do a lot of workshops on stress. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be kinder to each other. I think that's I totally agree. Yes. I really do. I mean, little things, you know, little things, just calling somebody back, you know, um, and and really being there for them. 
mm-hmm. and getting them in for the appointment and doing your best to do that. And it, um, because I, well, think- I tell you, I told you this year we had, we've had a couple of incidents and in violence in the workplace. And these are people who came on site, you know, with the intent to hurt someone else. And, you know, then my whole company's up in arms about how to keep these people out, how to keep my team members safe. And it's just, it's not, um, not anything that anyone there did, except there was a problem between a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband and wife or, you know, some, a sister and a brother or something like that. And it's typically not anything to do with our company, but it's happened in our company. So we have to be able to deal with that. And we've seen that's two incidents that we've never had of anything like that before. Hmm. How do you handle that? Do you, you help the person get counseling? Yeah, I mean, typically we call the police and uh, the police will come and they'll, you know, they'll typically take the aggressor away. And then we provide counseling for other people around. We bring our counselors out to the facilities and and talk to yeah. them and make sure that everyone is, you know, because everyone in the on the in the lunchroom gets, you know, gets upset and concerned and, you know, drug into things. So we make sure we have people there to talk it through and talk it out. And, and a lot of times the police have helped us talk through things and they have taught us workplace violence training and how to handle these things. And so we have a great relationship with our police department. Yeah. And, and, and I think all of that's really important. And just for people to, um, as we said, we we that we're in a we're in a heightened state of of stress and crisis in our whole country now, and mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it is. I think it's filtering down and affecting all of us. But I think mm-hmm. just the little things, Paula, as you said, you know, talking to the team members, um, being there for them, remembering mm-hmm. their birthdays, knowing that they they can talk with someone. All of that makes a difference because we're mm-hmm. all affecting this. I mean, yes, I do a show called Positive Living, but we're living in tough times. Right. How do we, um, you know, how do we support each other? And right. All you of have to remind things. yourself to be positive, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's a it's a daily reminder that we all do that we're all here by grace. And we need to get each other through the day with love and concern and, and, uh, you know, and, and also do a great job, you know, for our customers while we're here. And I just want to let people know that I, Paula wrote this book years ago, and it's one of the best books. It's called Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. And it's one company's ego elimination strategy. And it's all about how can leaders really work with they're employees, but not as employees, as team members, and be mm-hmm. there for them and really pay attention, which is something that you do. And it really starts at the top. Yeah, it does. So, all right, we're going to take- The boardroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I came to Bama and I saw your beautiful office and I, I said to Matt, that's an office? Because it looked like your living room. Because yeah. that's how you invite people in, right? Rather than the desk and you're sitting behind the desk with the right. chairs so that people feel like yeah. they're invited. Yeah. And right. Like really it's very um, intimidating to get a meeting with the CEO anyway. So yeah, let's try to meet, reduce that intimidation. Well, and I think another thing we haven't talked about this time for people to know is I think one of the things that has contributed to your attitude is you mm-hmm. grew up in this business. I mean, you worked right. on the plant floor. You had a tough dad who was, you know, a, more um, of an authoritarian in that sense. And mm-hmm. you worked through that and you became the CEO later on mm-hmm. and you learned all those lessons early on yourself. Right, right. And I think that helps. I think, you know, having him as a dad was a a help to me because I realized what other people, what kind of fear other people were living in as well as me. So it it wanted me to help reduce that and remove that as much as possible. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more to Paula about the fast food business. And also we're going to talk next about um, team building within your company, because that's something that Paula really excels at is conflict resolution. Even though we all have issues in our businesses, there are ways to resolve conflict. 
So we'll talk about that. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Join us on the Luxury Lifestyle Blueprint Podcast as we delve into the world of living a luxurious lifestyle as a successful entrepreneur. Our discussions will cover essential topics such as the significance of networking in business, relationship building, leadership, spirituality, luxury travel, empowerment, healthy living, and personal development. We will also talk about how you can leverage your attractive lifestyle and heal and reinvent your life by managing other factors such as mental health, stress, time, and much more. The Luxury Lifestyle Blueprint Podcast, hosted by B. Baylor, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show Hi, everyone, and we are back. Uh, I'm talking with Paula A. Marshall, who's the CEO of Bamit Companies, and they make the apple pies and fast food desserts and pizzas and dough and biscuits for big uh, fast food chains like McDonald's, like Walmart, like Pizza Hut. And uh, this is a business that's been in business for over 80 years, started on her grandmother's kitchen table in the 1920s and 30s. And um, Paula took the helm. And she, I really always feel that that Paula's work is the name of her book, Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. So welcome back, Paula. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about the soul and what you do, I think, that sets your company apart in terms of resolving conflicts. I mean, so many people today are afraid of losing their jobs. They don't speak up. They have a problem. They keep it to themselves. It festers. We know all this and mm-hmm. we do work. I mean, I do workshops on this all the time, but mm-hmm. how do you build that trust so people, you can get these things out in the open and resolve them before they become big issues? Right. Well, our structure is very flat, first of all. So there's only, you know, four, three or four layers to get to me from any team member in the company. So right. that's not a lot of layers, but we make sure, you know, we, you, you know, we follow the Deming the Deming model, the W. Edward Deming model system view. And there's a very critical component of a system view, which is called feedback. And so you set up feedback loops basically from within the system, from the internal 
perspective, it would be your team members, internal customers of management and management's decision and management's uh, designs and management's training and management's everything. And people inside the system don't really control any of that. So if we think something works a certain way and we throw a new policy or a new procedure or a new piece of equipment onto the line and we think it works and we don't have that very critical feedback loop, we we are just throwing a big problem, big turd ball right into the into the team members' laps and expecting them to be able to figure it out. And then we blame them when our efficiencies go down or scrap goes up and all this kind of thing. So one of the things we do is we work with team members. We work with people on designs before we bring them to the plant floor. But we also have continuous feedback loops going when we bring something new in. So we have a process that I started about 20 years ago called Roundtables. And that's where, you know, we pull 15 or 20 team members from the floor or, or the, the area where the new policy took place or people are just very vocal. So they come into a roundtable. Our plant managers do about six roundtables a year. I do one roundtable at the end of the year with everybody in the whole company. So I go around to every single plant and every single shift and every single team member gets an opportunity to tell me what they like about Bama and what they don't like. So we have taken that feedback as a massive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of discourse for management to be able to go in and say, okay, we've got feedback now. Let's go fix it. Let's go do something about it. Because if we don't do anything with it, it's very, very bad. Give us an example of something that your team members came to you with, made you aware of, and you made a change and it worked. Well, one thing we've we've been doing a lot with robotics. We've been doing a lot with uh, you know new equipment, new new designs of things, and uh, you know we aren't seeing the results. We aren't seeing the 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 productivity that we thought we would. So we brought in a a group of our management team. We sat down with the with the team members, and we we just let everybody kind of brainstorm, not all at once, but we went person by person. And we heard a lot of complaints about the design of the equipment, the fact that they didn't get a chance to really know what the equipment was before it was set on the floor. A lot of new training that we didn't provide, that we didn't make sure our equipment manufacturer was providing. So we put the training programs in place. We came back with new standard operating procedures so that everything was documented and, and set, set down in, you know, in, uh, in standard operating procedure documentation. So the training became, you know, incorporated into, and we got the manufacturers back in to fix the things that the team members were complaining about because all of their complaints were very legitimate. It was not that they were trying to cry wolf because it was just something new. They were really seeing all these problems with the equipment and the way we thought it was going to work wasn't the way it actually worked. So if you as a management person just put that in and you don't have the feedback loop there to go back in after 30 days or two weeks or a, a month or whatever or two months, you 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 have no idea that it's not working as you designed it. So feedback loops are extremely important. They're always necessary. And sometimes people are giving us feedback about our rules, our regulations, our our PTO is a big one, is a big topic. Um, paid time you know, off. Paid time off is a big topic of discussion always at roundtables and we're always trying to futz around with the with the pto and it's like once we come back with some ideas it's like well really nobody wants to change it because there's a few people violating the pto policy and everybody kinds of stops and thinks about it and it's like well are you going to let these two define what the pto policy is going to be when all 25 of you are going to be impacted by their mismanagement of it? Or do you want to try to work on some rules for them to try to keep 
them right. from, you know, breaking all the rules or they can exit the company, you know? So it's like, we have those kinds of very, um, you know, honest dis- discussions right. because I try to explain to my management team, like I learned from Dr. Deming is that, you guys are just the designers of things. It doesn't mean you're better than, it doesn't mean because you wear a supervisor hat or right. a management hat that you're all knowing and all seeing and all, you know, you're the you're the the queen of whatever or king of whatever. It means that you design something and you have an obligation to go in there when you put something new on the floor to go in and talk to people and find out how it's working. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to be able to keep that discussion going and, right. you know, and that's the important thing because otherwise people get frustrated. I mean, not even robotics, just technology. Think about technology. what happens to change in technology and people can't get online. They can't find the buttons and they can't, it's very frustrating. I mean, it, it really, for all of us, yes. for those of us who, you know, have learned it, there's always something right. changing. Well, and you know, Patricia, we're, you know, we're older and we are not as tech savvy and a lot of the young kids come in and they look like, you know, are you just a dinosaur or what's wrong with you? You know, and I'm like, no, you just have to take a few extra minutes with me. Just have some patience because 60% of the people that are out there that you're going to deal with are going to be like me. They're not going to be tech savvy. They're not going to have all of this, you know, click, 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 like you guys have, because you do it all day, every day. They need some patience and some time. So, and we've got to listen to them. You know, we had a, we have a big warehouse that's like a million square feet of frozen food warehousing and space. And our, our team members, when we went out for our roundtables, were complaining about all the spots in the freezer that didn't have computer capability and so it would drop all their data and they would have to stop loading trucks and unloading trucks to go find a computer that was working and sit there and manually input all the data that wasn't uploading from their their forklift and so I call you know we called our IT guys we had them come out the next day we we all went back out we met with everybody we got all this circuitry and new wiring put into our freezer just because our freezer guys were telling us that they were dropping all the data. So it wasn't that hard to fix it. It's just a matter of we have to bring, I had to bring my IT guys out there because they weren't really listening, you know, they were in their own little world. (laughs) Because otherwise you don't know what's in the freezers exactly. No, we're just manually entering things and you can drop data, you know, pretty easily like that. Yeah, which is really interesting. But see, we wouldn't, our IT guys weren't necessarily listening to the team members that were complaining and they kind of turned a little bit of a deaf ear. And so, you know, we had to go out there and say, look, they're not just complaining just to complain. The data is dropping. You know, we we're watching them come in and having to enter all this data. So, I, you know, we need, especially, you know, when it's me that says, I need you guys to come out here and, you know, listen to these guys and take care of this problem. Everybody was like, oh, okay. Well, not every day. I, I try to say to my management team, I'm like, I want everybody to feel like they've got me around all the time, you know? Like everybody so that, can be, so that can they be can make to. decisions is what you're saying, yeah, and that everybody has a voice and they can be listened to, yeah. you know, not just when I'm here, but let's do it all the time. Yeah. So, Paula, how do you balance? Because you're so busy, how do you balance your personal life, your work life? How do you create that? You have children and grandchildren, and <laughs> you have a very busy life and a wonderful life. How do you balance all of it? Oh, goodness, Patricia. You know, I try like everyone else. Um, I have my personal mission statement. I have my things that I know are my uh, true north. And that's my relationship with myself and my creator and my kids and and my company and my teammates and, you know, uh, you know, and then people around me. And so I try to prioritize it. I've had a brand that's 
been diagnosed with some melanoma and she's been very sick since May. And that has thrown a lot of loops into my life, into my daily life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to admit that, you know, where some of my priorities have been going and my family and my friends are very understanding that, you know, I can't be with them as much as I was um, because I got to help take care of her. So it's like, it, it, it's a, you know, if you've made the right emotional bank account deposits, right. as Stephen Covey talks about, like, as you know, My if you've made those world. bank account deposits all through uh, every day up till that point when a crisis happens, people have a lot of forgiveness to give you. If your bank accounts were already dry with all your kids and your friends and everybody, you might not get so forgiving of a, of right. a, answer. But most of the time I had pretty good bank accounts with folks that I needed to go out and help her. And everyone's been very understanding. Which is wonderful. Yeah. What would you like to leave our listeners with today about business, relationships, um, food? Mm-hmm. What, what's your kind of your closing? What's on your mind to leave us with? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, uh, I've been saying a lot of prayers, lighting a lot of candles for the whole planet. Um, I feel like there's a positive, uh, a positive world here and, uh, it doesn't seem like it, um, certain days. And in fact, you really have to look for those, um, times where you can give somebody a helping hand or pat them on the back or say something nice or, you know, do something nice for somebody. And, and uh, that's what I would say. We all need to do, do a few nice things for people and give away some gratitude and some love and, and it'll come back. So it can only sometimes be one person at a time, one, one eyeball to eyeball at a time, one hand to each other at a time. But you know, eventually that'll ripple forward and, and maybe we'll help some others in other parts of the world. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Paula. Thank you. Thank uh, you, Patricia. Yeah. Love you the, much. Yeah, we've been doing the show a long time and it's it's so great to get this kind of personal connection and, you know, and, and I think people think, oh, the CEO is, you know, sitting in an ivory tower. And what we're showing, you know, what we're saying is no, you know. No. Person like all of us, and and you know you have more responsibility, mm-hmm. but you also have more responsibility to lead your people, right? So, you know. Well, and, you know, if I don't walk my talk, then how do I expect anyone else to? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for being Thank on. You. Um, yeah, stay on for a second. Okay. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Now, to find out more about Paula, you can go to Paula A. Marshall on Facebook or Bama on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. Either one, Paula but, or Bama on Facebook, or mm-hmm. the website is Bama as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And find me, Patricia Rathkin, Rathkin Resources on Facebook. If you'd like to do your own podcast and get your positive message out, I've interviewed over 5,000 people and I'd love to help you. So um, find me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list so you can see all these great guests. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.